Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Episode 19, Conquering Your Fears with Robin Joy Myers. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready? Set? Go. Hey there, dating divas. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I hope you're ready for my motivational guest today. She is a fierce strategist, author, mentor, TEDx international speaker, and molecular geneticist. Her book, Alone But Not Lonely, inspires individuals to rediscover their true self. Please welcome the woman who helps women bust through their fears and ignite their true joy, Robin Joy Myers. Welcome, Robin. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I have to say, your middle name suits you. You know, it's really funny because I never liked my middle name until really I got to my TEDx is when I had to kind of face my middle name. That's cool. Well, guess what? It's better than mine. Mine's Sean. I like rarely share that fun fact with me. Despise it. Thank (laughs) you for saying that though. I feel like my sister, her name's Carolyn. She got the pretty name. Her middle name's Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Mine spelled the quote, girl or female way, feminine way to be politically correct, S-H-A-W-M, but I always despise that. So anybody, <laughs> any haters out there listening, you know my middle name now. Okay. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my middle name I think came about because I had two brothers and then I was the girl. So my grandfather came up with Robin <laughs> Joy, Robin Joy, we're so glad you're not a boy. Oh my God. <laughs> So I could have talked to you on that one. (laughs) Yeah, you sort of do. I have to admit my first name was an interesting story, but that's, we don't want to bore our listeners and have them turn our eyes off. So we'll go back back into the, we'll talk about that offline. It's a little juicy story to share. Okay. So first off, what exactly is a fear strategist and who, um, who do you serve exactly? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into that industry and what you do. What do I do? So I really serve, my, my, I serve women because I think we need an advocate in our corners. Yeah. Um, those who have been through things, those who can help 
collaborate and connect people. I'm a great connector. If I can't do it, I know who can. Mm -hmm. But um, I really serve women to find their true voice. And that, you know, sounds nice and easy. But as we all know, as women, we have a lot on our plate. So it, it's difficult sometimes to find your voice. I mean, everybody has one, but not everybody knows, knows how to use it, right? And I never did. So as a, I call myself a fear strategist because it kind of meshes. I realized that instead of just saying I'm a coach and mm -hmm. yes, I coach, mm -hmm. um, I really give strategic and, and I use my science actually now, uh, like science-based strategic techniques to really like move you forward. That's great. So can you give us a few, um, I guess, scenarios of some of the, the people that you help? Like, you're, are you hired for like durations of pockets of time and you're helping them overcome specific things that they find challenging? I am. So I typically um, take on clients. Uh, mostly I take on a year long client, sometimes okay. six months. Um, and then I do groups and obviously speaking, but it's really because someone is feeling antsy. It could be in a relationship. It's some sort of transition, but as you uncover who you are, something else comes into that, right? So it comes mm -hmm. into kind of what is the imprint of your story and where, what triggers, what response and emotion that you're having now and what patterns, good or bad, are you using or not using and what patterns do you need to create? So sometimes it's career, sometimes it's people in corporate wanting to either change jobs or find their passion project. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's people that are kind of stuck in relationships and they're not really sure where, why they're attracting the wrong people, why they're not attracting the people, or, or they're just not happy and they, they feel stuck and kind of guilty for wanting to move on. That's hard. I mean, I, I wrote a whole book about well, that concept just necessarily being the stuckness because it's always, it's easy to recognize the stuck feelings and so forth, but it's not always the easiest solution, especially as you age. I think as we get older, it gets to be more daunting to, to right. make, to, to, you know, put that foot forward and make the pivot that's necessary. So in regards to relationships, you help like kind of unpeel that onion and get to the root of the problem about why they may not want to break up with their partner or they, um, continuing to have like poor patterns in terms of attracting the wrong partners that don't serve them? That and kind of really getting into a relationship, not knowing what they want and using their voice. Right. So mm -hmm. I really deal kind of with the whole person. I, I believe that you're one person personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur and you're your own CEO or you're the CEO of a fortune 500. I you agree with that really know who you are. And so I talk about, you know, establishing like your non-negotiables, you know, what are the things that you just don't bend on, which are your common, your core beliefs, and you shouldn't give in that in a relationship. And as much as you get into that, I'm in love, or they're wonderful. And, you know, I see this, like, you will never change a person. And so you've got to go in really knowing who you are and, right. and go in ready to have the difficult conversations before there is those commitments. That was what I was going to ask you. Like, I think a lot of people, myself included, sometimes I find myself not now, but like in the past with, you know, making past relationships and even my marriage, I think I accepted things. Um, I guess hoping maybe they changed number one, number two, because it's like, when do you tell the person this isn't acceptable? Like, this is not what I want, or I want more. Some, some people are afraid 
to voice that in fear of the fact that the person might turn around and do, think they're too needy or they're too demanding or, you know, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So you're exactly. saying earlier, sooner than, sooner than later with that kind of conversation? I think absolutely sooner than later. But I, I do think it really comes down to your own kind of self-discovery tour of yourself. Um, and we're not taught how to do that. We're really not, you know, and I think as women in particular, um, I've been married 30 years and actually ending that marriage. Yeah. I wanted to get into that. Yeah. That's a, but, spo- it's a little spoiler, yeah, we'll but that's okay. No, 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 it's fine. But, it's a teaser um, for later. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, when I look back, I, I wasn't a communicator and I look back and, um, even in the beginnings of a relationship and we have three beautiful kids, so we've been together a long time, but, uh, right looking back it's like I I gave and so did he but I guess I bent right I I accepted things where now I'd be like oh (laughs) I'm not I'm out no I I know I'm the same I think I in my past I've accepted a lot more than I would be willing to accept now I broken up with people because I was like no this isn't for me I'm out you know with and not being apologetic about it I mean not being mean but you know just being true you have to be true to you right you have to be true to you and you have to be really honest with yourself and I think that's really hard sometimes I think people are afraid to kind of sit with themselves and really know who they are you know it's exciting to be with somebody but listen not not everything checks the boxes 100% of anything if they do great good for you but right you know, you find that balance, but right. you really do have to figure out, you know, what you truly want and, and think the big long-term because listen, life gets busy and tricky and, and you have kids, you know, yeah. Uh, when yeah. you add those elements in, you know, you better know money by then and you better know, you know, your, your discussions on education and, and how you want to parent. I mean, there's just so many layers that unfold. Mm-hmm. right? Are you going to work? Or are you not going to work? Is he going to work? Is he not going to work? There's just so many things to have a discussion about. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. All right. So how did you get into this? Like what made you want to empower women specifically? And did you have a personal fear that you overcame? And then you were like, wow, I just did this. I want to help other people do the same thing. What made you do this? <laughs> well, that's a long story. Okay. Uh, well, give us like a short one. <laughs> into the dating combo, but I'm just curious. Yeah. All right, well, go ahead. I mean, long story short is I think I, I was the youngest of three and the only girl, right? So I grew up in a traditional um, reformed Jewish family out of New York that, you know, the girl was protected and um, I You're the damsel I, in distress. <laughs> I was always going to be the damsel in distress and someone would take care of me and uh, uh-huh. I was raised in the same kind of household, but go on. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't need to use my voice. And so it perpetuated not using my voice because mm-hmm. someone would chime in for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was a, the perfect people pleaser, whether it was my parents or teachers or whatever. And mm-hmm. that just transpired even into my career moves. I mean, I became, I went into molecular genetics because it was a master's program I didn't get into med school. It was a great master's program. And I was like, I was so shy and timid of myself. I pretty much lived in fear of my own being, I think. for Really? I did. So I could hide in a lab. I mean, I discovered a gene. Okay, that was a plus. But That's I, fantastic. Good for you. But, but Was it the found of youth gene? Uh, <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I would, that would be yeah. a lot. Probably something way more important than that. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, 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 no. So anyways, it was just one of those things. So I think, you know, I went right into, and I think maybe 
we talked about this. I lost my mom when I was in, in graduate school. She died oh, at 50. Oh, I don't so think she we did. She died at 53 and I was 21. Sorry, that's okay. young. Yeah. Um, and I realized how young that is, especially when I turned 53. Yeah, that's so very young. I met my husband-to-be. I, we got, I followed him. He lived outside of D.C. for his job. So, of course, I was going to find a job there. Mm-hmm. Married, three kids, life was on. Um, but when I was turning 53, uh, it, my discomfort started. And I had a daughter. <laughs> I have the same family structure, two boys and the girl. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you are certainly going to use your voice. And she does that quite well. <laughs> Let mm. me just put that out there. My daughter does too. She's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I actually, my first certification was for, for teen girls. But that kind of transformed as I transformed because moms were coming to me as they were uncomfortable and they were becoming empty nesters or wanting to work or uh, mm. a lot of people that I knew had kids close together. And mm-hmm. so I went back to work when two college tuitions were in front of us at the same time for a while. So mm-hmm. it was just that discomfort. And when I was turning 53, ironically, Kira, my daughter turned 21, which is weird. But wow. Yeah. Because there's totally. two big, like for you, obviously with the anniversary of your mother's passing, and then that's a big milestone for anybody, 21. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. So weird. Um, but it did two things for me. It really woke me up. It made me realize how young 21 was. So kind mm-hmm. of forgive myself for judging that for me. And mm-hmm. two, 53 is nothing. Um, I was just getting rolling in what I was doing, coaching. I loved empowering women. And I made a pledge that I was just going to empower as fast as I can. I want to empower a million women across the globe. And in order to do that, I'll be completely transparent in my story. And having the science background actually has come full circle because there's so much science behind the fear and the anxiety that goes into life that people don't know. And so when you know that, I think it puts things in perspective better. It's so interesting. Yeah, I think. I mean, the whole psychology of it with the science you mean, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So, um, let's get into a little bit about like losing yourself. Um, and maybe if you could share, if you're okay, I mean, you're obviously a public speaker, share a few anecdotes about how you overcame that. And let's get into a little bit about why we're talking about that today, because obviously the show is a dating show or look, everyone listening is looking for relationships or looking to date or just be better partner or whatever it may be. Um, but you really need to know yourself, love yourself and recognize and honor your own inner power in order to be in the most fulfilling relationship or dating experience or partner possible. Right. Absolutely. You know, I think it's so easy. We get into this, not, we get, it's so easy to lose ourselves. Let's put it that way. Not only are we naturally caregivers and nurturers as women, um, Mm -hmm we feel like we need to put us last, right? So even when we're dating, you're putting that much into the relationship and ready to bend a little bit, you know? And it's maybe we're, he's late for dinner, she's late for dinner, your partner's late for dinner, you know, whatever that situation is. Or maybe they didn't celebrate something the way you wanted to, but we make excuses for that. And I think if you don't establish those boundaries and you can say like, thank you, but, but 
you know, however, this is what I really want. I think, you know, it gets, the more you stay in something that's not a hundred percent honest with yourself. And that's where that has to come from being a hundred percent honest with yourself. The more you get into that, the easier it is to get kind of stagnant and content and ignore it. And it really has to be a really conscious choice to say, okay, I really have to put some boundaries and we have to have a discussion. So you have to pick and choose though, what you're willing to, I guess, what's acceptable to you and what you're not willing to accept. Like if someone cancels or they're not reliable or they're not maybe making an effort with your friends and family and you're always expected to make an effort with theirs, like those types of boundaries, is that what you mean? Or I guess whatever's important to you? I think, I think whatever is important to you. And I think it really comes with taking time to know who you are and it comes even into the physical and mental stuff, right? Um, you know, no one should you shouldn't feel belittled or put down in a relationship. You know, I think there's been many times in my relationship that it's like, wait a second, <laughs> I'm not a kid. I'm an equal partner in this. Right. So you but should be, you should have equality, right? You should have equality. So yeah. I think it's really, it, it's really a situation where it's okay to take time for you. And I encourage women the younger, the better to learn to take time for them. You know, even if it's, I, I always establish a morning routine, but even if it's like once a week, right. Mm -hmm. And you just have time for you, whether that's home reading or whether that's just out hiking, like learn who you are, learn what you like. And when you bring your own strongest self to the relationship, you can give that much more. I agree. I think that's great advice. I, um, I'm, I'm people who know me will totally attest. I'm one of those that are always on the go, 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 go. And I'm divorced and I have young kids. I mean, 11 and eight are their ages. Um, and so I should have 50, 50 custody with their father. And, um, you know, when I'm with the, when the kids are with me, then it's work and the kids and then they're not with me. It should really be work and downtime, but it's not because I'm like in public relations and I've a book and I'm a speaker like you and all these things are kind of jammed into the time when I don't have the kids. But mm -hmm. I will say this, since like the, the COVID-19, you know, pandemic and the shutdown and it's basically kind of forced all of the extracurricular things that I do um, to kind of go by the wayside, which at first was almost like withdrawal. But now that I actually have like one-on-one -on -one time with me and, you know, I've really like really, I really have a newfound appreciation for that and the solidarity um, and, you know, just getting to know myself that much better. I'm I, I made some personal changes and things like that and, and professional decisions. And, and, you know, what, that's not what the purpose of this podcast is, but I'm just saying, I, I think that I will probably be an even better partner when the time comes now because of my mindset that I was right. able to hopefully still evolving. <laughs> it's not plateaued, but I think like I'm better now because of that. So let's talk a little that's bit awesome. about, thanks. Thanks. So let's talk a little bit about, um, 
some of the ways one can find themselves again. Mm -hmm. um, I've done my own little research. I just wanted to have you dive in. I'm sure you'll agree with most of these points. And if not, obviously speak up <laughs> and, and correct okay. me. Um, feel free to use your voice, Robin. <laughs> I would do that. And now I don't <laughs> um, at any rate, um, the first step that I, I've come to find is the, in finding yourself is really to uh, assess your past. Um, and make sense of it and, uh, you know, basically honor it, but also don't dwell on it. Would you mm -hmm. agree? That's Can you explain point. a little bit about why that's so important um, in regards to like anything painful that might exist in the back or whatever well, it may be? You know, it, it actually comes into kind of the science of fear a little bit, what you're saying. So for the fear response to happen in ourselves, uh, five areas of the brain like have to fire at one time and part of that is the amygdala and actually the amygdala which is like the size of a pinky fingernail um, mm -hmm. stores imprints from pre-verbal stages throughout your life like until really you're in the ground so um not to make light of that but you get the point so um most of those imprints as we call them um are before age seven are pretty much imposed by caregivers and parents and grandparents that we really have no control of. And usually we don't even know they exist until later in life when something happens, career, relationship, something happens and there's a trigger. And mm -hmm. that trigger makes us uncomfortable and makes us think. Mm -hmm. Until you can start recognizing that and identify that trigger and bring it back to where it started, it's always gonna happen. Something will trigger it and you'll go back. So you have to be able to acknowledge what the past was, good or bad. You have to be able to acknowledge it. And you have to be say, I'm going to take the good from it. And if it's not serving me, I'm going to get rid of it because that was then and this is now. So how do you get rid of it? Is that something you like work with with your, your, your That's clients? That's what I work with on my clients. It's, yeah. it's, really, it's really kind of that whole process. Mm -hmm. I, I established something called the FEAR method. And so F-E-A-R standing for forgiveness, emerge, accept, and resolve. Hmm. Okay. The forgiveness really comes from you allowing yourself, and this is all part of that process uh, of moving forward, mm -hmm. you really being able to say, I can move forward. You know, for me, it was like, I was a little girl who, so I didn't communicate well, you know, I was protected in a little princess tower. It didn't serve me. So if I'm right. a grown adult and I want to be happy because my happiness was at stake, I got to get past that and move forward. So you think that made you intimidated to use your voice because you're always sort of like, I don't want to say sequestered, but like you're protected and you're sh like shushed a lot. Like, sh we got you, honey. You don't have to talk. Okay. I do. I do. I think that was part of it. You know, my family uh, in It general, meant well, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. And, I, and yeah. I think 99.99% of the families do mean well. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're doing they just the do the best they can. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it was kind of like, I think my family, when I look back at the structure, um, we grew up and it goes back to my parents' parents mm. of it's all, if it's good, don't tell because that's bragging. And if it's bad, don't tell because it stays with amongst us. Mm. So it was always a non-communicative environment to begin with. So being shushed and just be, be pretty, sit down, 
your mm-hmm. role is over in the corner. That's a hard way to live, I think. It's, it's we're not, it yeah, problem. you're not a statue, right? So, right. yeah, exactly. that's tough. Um, okay, well, that's amazing that you were obviously able to recognize that, look past it. And, you know, so I think sometimes the harder childhood issues to recognize are the ones that aren't as, I guess, like visible, like if you were abused, obviously, or something like that's horrible. And that not saying that's easy to overcome at all by any stretch of the mean, but I'm saying like the ones that you have to actually dig deep and find in the soil. Of but life. Even, that, even that sort of thing, you still have to find that trigger and you have to uncover it and recognize it as painful as it might be. You yeah. have to be able to say that happened and mm-hmm. ha- not and that forgive. it's easy, like, oh, I'm done. Um, yeah. But how do I move past it? You know, how, yeah. and it often it's, it's guilt on ourselves. People get stuck in the guilt that, that they feel guilty about it happening versus saying, I had no control. I was a little kid then. Oh, cause they think it's their fault. Yeah. That they caused it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I can see that. That's a shame. Okay. Um, and then obviously falls into your future, you know, and totally the other like, relationships, et cetera. Okay. So then um, recognizing your inner power, I guess that would be like recognizing your voice and using it effectively and having, I guess, uh, you know, a found of a sound, I should say, um, amount of like confidence that you can indeed um, have an impact and mm-hmm. people care what you have to say. Um, and then seeking equality in relationships, you were touching on that earlier, um, making sure that you're obviously, you know, your feelings are taken into account, just like your partners and your desires and so forth, right? Is there Correct. anything more with that one? You yeah, think it's just it's just that you should never feel it, it, it's two it, it's there's two answers to that. Okay, you should always feel um, equal. You should mm-hmm. always feel that uh, you're respected and you're giving respect and so forth. But no one should belittle who you are to make themselves look good. And I think a lot of times we all have had a situation at least mm-hmm. once in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with that, realize that you can only control what you can control. So if that's happening, it's probably on the other person's insecurity or past oh, behavior or totally. something like that. Yeah. So just you have a choice that you can always walk away. But you have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So not always the easy choice to make, but you do have it. You still right. have the power, even though. Yeah. Right. Um, and then... Um, silencing your inner critic, like just not feeling guilty and like stop being so critical of yourself, et cetera. It's all part of it, right? Yeah. Our inner critic, you know, our brain is brilliant. It's absolutely a brilliant organ up there. So our brain loves patterns and that gets into the science of neuroplasticity a little bit. So Hmm. it loves patterns. It loves to have the same thing happen or knows what happens. So that's why you often see like these 21 day challenges, because it takes typically 21 days to reprogram the brain, like a neuronal pattern Mm -hmm. to make a different pattern turn into a different habit. So um, if it's a good pattern to a good habit, great. But if it's not a good pattern, (laughs) you need to change it. So like, what just, would that be for, not to interrupt you, but what would that be for um, maybe a relationship? Can you give us a, for instance, of a bad pattern? I mean, obviously dating the wrong people is obviously a horrible pattern, <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible but in pattern. general, like something within yourself that you could do. I think within yourself, you know, if, if you feel, um, hmm, that's a good question. I think in a relationship, if you felt like 
you were the always the one like switching your schedule, right? You were always the one adjusting your schedule. Uh-huh. Even though you had to cancel something, you'll make it work. Instead uh-huh. of being able comfortable to say it's Sorry, not work for can't me. see can't you. Yeah, yeah. You know, guess we'll yeah. see each other next week and not not feel guilty about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um but we like those patterns. So I always like to tell people you've got to get really comfortable getting uncomfortable. And if it's saying no, <laughs> just a situation like that, just sit tight with it because your brain, like literally, if you can imagine just the brain as an organ and like this big neuron sitting there, like it mm-hmm. breaks the pattern of it firing one direction and makes it go the other way. So then you'll feel more comfortable in the future saying no, if you're not, it's interesting. Cause I actually just said no to something. Well, yesterday it was today though, when, by the time they, found out about my no, but <laughs> so I was like, it's technically today. Anyway, I said no, that was the point. And I usually don't, like, I usually like, ha- I feel bad. Like yeah. I, like, but I really felt strongly about this, um, situation. I knew it was for the best interest of me and my loved ones. And so I, I said no. And now I think I'll be more uncomfortable to say no again to something else that I know is wrong. I mean, I wouldn't do something that I thought was horrendous and I'm not like a pushover, but you know, it wasn't, it was really neither here nor there, this situation. It's not even worth talking about. It was so minor. My point is like, I'm a people pleaser like you or you Mm -hmm. used to be. I still am a people pleaser. I still (laughs) am. I just put on boundaries and say no when I need to say no. I'm trying to to build the same ones, I guess, as, yeah. as the point of my story. Yeah. So that was good. Now, hopefully my brain's being trained. There no, you go. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like I tell my kids and my puppy, no. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, trying something new, being like, let's get into a little bit of, um, cause I think this is important um, for those of us in, singledom, especially in the COVID-19 scenario that we're all in, um, you know, feeling good about being alone um, and accepting that, you know, that time of, of, I guess, solidarity for what it is and not feeling alone when you're alone. Is, right. You know, I feel like I'm there, but maybe some of our listeners could use some help with that, perhaps. Well, I would say, you know, you, you need to be alone with yourself and be comfortable with yourself, right? Because let's face it, you're spending a lot of time with you. So, right. um, and you should be your biggest advocate and your best friend. And so you do have to get comfortable in that. And I will say what COVID I think has done for people that are, well, all of us that are kind of stuck and in, in, in is that um, we have in a way bought more time because we're not spending it running to activities or stuck in traffic or something like that. So mm-hmm. in a way we've gained hours, but it, it makes you kind of sit and really look at things mm-hmm. and get, and again, you have a choice to be really, truly honest. So if it's journaling, if it's um, trying painting, if it's, you know, reading a different book, like, like do things and challenge yourself to try different things. And you know, make it a game with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. have fun doing it. Cause we're all cool. We're totally <laughs> cool. <laughs> we all love ourselves. Of course no, I we're think, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really good advice. And you know what? It'd be really awesome if everybody used this time, um, you know, if you're not in a relationship to really 
fall in love with yourself again or for the first time. And then when you are in one or, you know, one's on the horizon, you'll be that, that, that much of a, you know, stronger partner. And, yeah. you know, we'll have like more profound and sustain, sustainable relationships maybe as a result that might work in the, I think for the benefit. Great. I would challenge your listeners actually to, to really answer the question, are you truly in love with yourself? And yeah. to search, to answer it, and then how can you be? And yeah, because everybody has to love themselves, and it's not being conceited. It's just like appreciating who you are and knowing that you have self-worth and you deserve good things like you everybody else. Good things, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. This is a good conversation. A little different for Race for the Ring. Usually we get into seedy, heated topics. I mean, maybe you have you back on and you tell us how your dating escapades are going. Are you dating yet? No, have you I'm entered not. that pool? <laughs> no, nope, I have not. <laughs> when you do, are you going to go on like the sites or anything? Have you given it any thought? It's so funny. I haven't really thought about it to be quite honest, but then I'm like, well, how else would you meet anybody? So I it's, have no idea. I'll have to keep you posted on that one. There's a lot of ups and downs to it. I actually am not on any right now, but I, I mean, I go back to them every so often. Although I think right now, cause my life is so insanely busy more so than ever. And I am talking to a couple people, so it's not like I'm not dating anybody. I, um, I just, I, I think it's a lot of work, but I think it's something you, everyone has to attempt at least once or twice in their lives. Yeah. So yeah. a good one for you, I would recommend would be Bumble because you have control um, because you're the female and they, we give the power to the women like your oh. talk and you have to basically, um, you have the control to respond or to reach out, I guess, first. So it sort of, you know, allows you to just communicate with who you want to, and they can't write to you unless you write to them first. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'll go yeah. for that one. <laughs> I, and I'm not sponsored by Bumble, but I will say like, that would be probably my go-to. Well, I'll put it out there. Yeah, Someone, they should on. sponsor you. So there. <laughs> they should. I agree. <laughs> We're actually working on getting a jeweler, a jeweler sponsor because of the name, the ring. I think it's coming up in the near future. So that's awesome. Stay tuned. Yes. Um, all right. So as we wrap up, cause I can't believe it. We're out of time, believe it or not. Wow. Okay. Um, what are your, like a couple tidbits of advice for women who might be, or men who might be scared to date again, um, or, you know, just scared about the, you know, getting, taking the relationship to the next level, um, which kind of falls under your area of expertise of the fear factor. The fear factor. Yeah. I would say, um, you know what, the worst thing that can happen is you say no, right? Yeah. So yeah. put yourself out there because you're not going to know unless you try. So enjoy it and try and obviously COVID and whatever, be smart, be safe, whatever. But um, why not? Why not give it a try? Hey, you can always, yeah, you can always walk away. Yeah. Trust yourself. Trust your intuition. You know, I would say that is one of the biggest things because we don't learn trust, really. Trust your intuition. You know, everyone else will have an opinion, but quite honestly, yours, your opinion is what ends up mattering. True. So tune in and listen to yourself. Who cares what everybody else thinks? That's my new philosophy too. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I mean, I appreciate everyone's opinion, but like at the end of the day, the, the only one that really counts is your own well, you know, when same, it comes to you. Obviously. Exactly. And it's the same yeah. thing like with self-worth, right? It, I mean, yeah. only you can really validate you or, or take it away. And we take it away really fast, actually. So yeah. stop worrying about what everyone else thinks, what you think is supposed to be societal norm, what you think looks good or is right or what, whatever. I mean, people look at me like you're like 
because I keep saying joyfully uncoupling and, and that's even how my ex is now doing it. And it's like, yeah, we're fine. Like, yeah. We're yeah. That's good. I'm proud of you. Okay. I, I am. I think that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Robin, joy. <laughs> thank you, we, we loved having you. It was a wonderful conversation. Thanks for thank all you. of your enlightenment and we all be run fearless now, hopefully a little bit more so than we were before listening. Thanks. Okay, have, have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate.